are in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, at 12.06, good afternoon. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. And you can always listen online at our website, dpetro.com. Right now it is 12.06 on this Tuesday, November 22nd. Folks, uh, Thanksgiving week, uh, it's such a, I mean, it's a great week. And the next few days are pure joy. And uh, we're going to talk about that. And then also I want to welcome in, um, as we are speaking right now, we're coming on the air on we we do the noon report so we come on live at noon <clears throat> i know i've had to explain that a few times to people on um exactly uh you know people saying well what what time in the afternoon so apparently not everyone is familiar with um with the term 12 noon so which always amazes me but we this is the noon report let me just uh, make sure and we are live. Please share that you are watching on Facebook. And folks, our, our big news, good afternoon to everybody tuning in on Facebook and, uh, and everyone else. And we do have big news. We have a lot of developments with the, the Rob Mack case. We also have some developments in the Free One case as well, as it all builds towards a Monday. Thank you, Nicole. The word is already starting to spread. I also, I want to, th- I'll tell you what it is in just a moment. Thank you, Catherine. Folks, I want to thank attorney Tim Dodd. Our legal expert, uh, folks, please share. I would think that that, yes, uh, cause for a celebration and some stars on, on Facebook. But <clears throat> before I give you all the details on that, and I do want to uh, thank WPRI, who, in fact, um, are reporting on the story. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that in, in just a moment. But I really want to thank our legal expert and attorney, Tim Dodd. And I'll, I'll give you the details on that in just a moment. But right now, <clears throat> folks, at 12.08 on this Tuesday, I want to once again remind you of Matthews Oil Company. Why not get your tank filled? Boy, it is so cold out. It's going to be a cold winter. Call them now. Get that tank filled. Or at least call and get a free quote. Trusted Oil Delivery, Matthews Oil Company. 401-942-7500. 24 emergency service. Find them online. MatthewsOil.com. Matthews Oil Company. Complete service, residential, commercial, four generations. I'm just asking you on this Tuesday, give them a shot. I'll tell you, they work so hard. Family-run business, four generations. Complete service, residential, commercial, premier dealer Rhode Island, highest quality heating fuels. Celebrating 90 years of service. You can find them online at MatthewsOil.com. And again, it's Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. And if you mention the chosen one, you start off with a $50 credit. Matthews Oil Company, they'll keep you warm this winter. Now, before I give the big news, folks, also, it's not your imagination. DePetro.com, we have outdone ourselves with our coverage of Rob McClanahan, Rob Mack, as he's known. Um, listen, we, we're, we're posting the information as we get it. And we're posting exclusive details as we get it. And there's more coming. So as I was looking it over and I thought, okay, that's, that's pretty heavy coverage. But it's, each story is different. Uh, we, we made the match. 
the rest of the media, if you're interested in the case on Rob Mack, check out, which a lot of people are, and especially that explosive police report that certainly seems to be a game changer for a lot of people. By the way, he is free on bail. They granted him bail in Boston. Apparently, he met the woman on a dating app prior, and I don't know which one. We did post on Dimitro.com. Someone had sent me his profile on Bumble. But Rob Mack has to uh, remain in Rhode Island. And um, and I, I have already reached out to part of his camp. Um, I'd be more than happy to talk to him, give him his version of the story. I don't think that's going to happen. My experience has been that normally his legal expert would or attorney would tell him not to do that. But I am uh, will remain open minded about it. But folks, check out Tepetro.com because it's yesterday was a record day of traffic and almost knocked down the site. And it's brought to you by Burke's Martial Arts, self-defense, fitness, martial arts, Burke Martial Arts. Jake Burke is the real deal. You're going to meet him soon. I'm going to film him. But he's located 880 Eddy Street in Providence, Burke's Martial Arts. And there's a link on the website right to his um, <clears throat> his website. So, folks, first, I do want to credit WPRI. I did post this, you know, only because, as many of you know, this past summer, when we were doing extensive coverage of the Charlotte Lester case, and I'll, I'll say more coverage than a lot of other people were doing without question. I know that the family and friends appreciated our coverage, and anyone that's really followed the case will tell you it. <clears throat> to me, I mean, I... I, I like, if I get interested in a story, I like as much information as possible about the story. And by doing that, you know, a lot of times that's the way I like to follow a story. I like to follow a story with as much information, new details, and people that go and, and find that stuff out. And that's really what we did with the Charlotte Lester missing case. It led to the chosen one, first time ever, first time ever arrested. But Channel 12, I want to thank them for running the story. Prosecutors dropped trespassing charge against radio host John DePietro. So there it is, local talk show host personality. Hello. Juan DePietro no longer facing a trespassing charge related to this incident over the summer. Court records show prosecutors dismissed the misdemeanor charge against him during a court hearing on yesterday. Um, arrested mid-August outside the home on Staples Avenue. The home was searched several months earlier. As they investigated the disappearance of Charlotte Lester, who's now been missing for six months. Not only was it searched months earlier, they sat on that house for a month. The man who lives there, Mark Perkins, has to go to court Monday. I will be there. I'm asking you to come. It's the Kent County Courthouse. It's free parking in the garage. I'm going to do a little video to show you exactly where you go. I think we're up right on the second floor, but we'll find out. He was arrested the following day. Charging it to Petro with the lawnmower, uh, stating that he would terminate him while DePietro was live streaming. That's all true. Perkins still faces an assault charge. Now, I, I'm also telling you I believe he's going to have another charge. So in addition to that. So that is obviously good news. And, folks, I want to. Um, oh, wow. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we didn't know. We didn't know what happened with that. Oh, wow. Okay. Hmm. Ah, oh, wish I knew that. Wish I knew that. I, uh, hmm, very interesting situation. All right, I want to first thank uh, our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, 
Um, and again, we're repeating the story. I'm not going to go on and on about it. I, the, the, this, this case is about Charlotte Lester. It's, it's about Charlotte Lester. I also, I am very confident in the ability of the work police. I have full confidence the work police will solve this case. I, I have the highest regard for war police. I do. So, uh, and I also want to point out, we, you know, we, we followed, I believe in the justice system, I do. <clears throat> we followed uh, the process through. And then I want a special thanks to our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, who, uh, through his efforts and so forth, we, the case has been dismissed against Juan. Not so fast against Mr. Orange Ski Mask Lawnmower Man. So not so fast about him. He will be in court on Monday. Now, I also, you know, I'll sh- there's different things of the case, folks, that I, I don't always share. But I will tell you that in the backdrop of that, um, and especially of late, the um, I, I don't know if it's block. I mean, I think it's the Block Island Ferry Fighters. I think so. I'm not positive. But I would get these messages. And again, they don't a lot of that crowd. Right, the, the Providence Pawtucket crowd, they don't exactly read the paper cover to cover. They don't exactly examine uh, all the news stories. I'm not even convinced that they're literate, actually. So, but they would, I would get messages from some of their crowd. You wait, they're waiting for you at the ACI. Uh, so I'm sorry to disappoint the ferry fighters. You won't be seeing me. In Cranston at the Pastori Complex. Like, what are you talking about? I was never, it was a misdemeanor blanking trespassing charge. And that I rang that maniac's bell. Well, he had signs up, all fine. Cases dismissed. So I, so the ferry fighters, I'm sure they disappoint. You wait till you get up here and the Bucket West is waiting for you and all. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint everybody, but it's not happening. Well, I I'm I cannot go there right now. I am now live on the radio. Um, I I would I would have gone earlier. So there's a eight to seven or eight. I I don't I don't know what to make of that. Maybe maybe they're doing a raid. Maybe they're doing some kind of a Array. This is an ongoing situation. I, I can't be everywhere. I couldn't be in Boston this morning. But anyhow, folks, just to put a period on this, I do want to thank Attorney Tim Dodd, um, you know, who, who guided me through the process. I also want to be very clear. I do believe in the process. Uh, I'll, I'll be curious now to see the media. And I, I want to credit Channel 12 did run the story. That obviously happened. I wasn't going to make a huge deal. I'm still not going to make a huge deal. But because this case begins and ends with Charlotte Lester. Why were we there? Uh, I was there with Ladybug. We were there to try to get answers about the disappearance of Charlotte Lester. That's what the case is. That's what the case always has been. Is that the search? As we know, people don't don't just disappear. I, I, um, I believe the media... A part of this story, that the the Charlotte Lester case, and I'm going to talk about the Rab Mac McClanahan uh, case in just a moment because that's a major development. But I think it's incumbent upon the media, and 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 um, and I I I don't see them doing it, but it's the far part. 
that if they would get a legal expert on the way I have and the unusual nature of which a police department, in this case, the Warwick Police Department, when I say maybe people don't understand sometimes the lingo I use, which I'm open to constructive criticism in that way. So, for instance, when I say they sat on that house for a month, maybe that see people don't understand what that means. In order to get, they were there 24-7. You could not, that entire property, his yard and house, from May, I don't know who now there's someone calling me. Um, I, I, uh, um, all right, we'll see if they text me. Um, Yes. Uh, all right, now I check the website. I wish, I, I mean, does anyone, folks, whenever you think you're going to share information with me, first check to Petro.com. It's right there. But anyhow, let me just finish this point. In order for the police to obtain the type of search warrant they did, they were there. Remember, Charlotte Lester went missing the last time she was seen alive was Monday night, May 16th. She was headed up to Staples Avenue. She was in a relationship with Mark Perkins on Saturday the 21st, the Saturday of that week. So Monday night is the last time she was seen alive. On Saturday, war police show up at the house and they take over the property in the house, not only with a search warrant, but the entire property is mapped off like a crime scene. They were there for starting on the 21st, the week of the 23rd, the week of the 30th, which was Memorial Day, the week of the 8th, they finally left on Saturday, June 18th, four weeks. So this is just to finish the point, I believe, um, and I know this sounds like criticism, but the media local, they don't do enough to have a legal expert explain the extraordinary nature of what it would take for law enforcement to set up shop right there on that property for four weeks. The process, as we've had Attorney Dodd speak about it, we had Lieutenant Gannon speak about it, is they had to show evidence that they had to a judge to get the judge to sign off on it. It's a very extraordinary amount of time. And just to put this in Context. I mean, the the raid at Mar-a-Lago was what nine hours. I mean, they were there for four weeks. Four weeks. So I think, and I'll just finish the point that if local media they they almost seem to breeze over that police searched the house. They went beyond searching the house. They had possession of the house, as I covered the first two weeks. They had two officers there 24-7, one in the back and one in the front. Now, that I've never seen. I cover crime scenes. I was at a crime scene just the other day. They put up, you've seen, they put up the yellow tape. You're not supposed to, you can't go inside the crime scene. It was like that for a month. So I don't understand why local media that has covered the Charlotte Lester case, they don't um, examine and have an attorney, legal expert, whoever, on TV saying, so take us inside. What would it take for 
police to obtain that type of search warrant, take con- control of a property. And, uh, you know, have you are you familiar? Have you heard of anything like that? I know that when they had the mill where, um, you know, they found out that somebody, for instance, the, when they were digging up the graves in Boston, where Whitey Bulger and those guys had dumped the, the grave, the, uh, had a, a grave, they were burying bodies. I mean, that was a crime scene for quite some time because they were digging up the bodies. But locally, I, I mean, that, that's an extraordinary amount of time. That's, that's all I'm saying. So, now folks, at 1222, I don't understand these people who I go to the trouble um, who I, I post things. And then they send me information that I've already posted. Like, what, what is the, what is the, I don't understand that. Just, just check the blanking website. Oh, really? Is that really going on? So, no kidding. Let me just hear this. deal with that okay i don't know what that is okay anyhow folks sorry not to get off track i thought it was related to there's an ongoing uh invest uh police matter right now in the city of warwick so but we'll deal with that in just a moment folks this portion of the john DePietro show on this tuesday and i want to talk about the the um, Rob Mack case. But it's brought to you by Ameriprise Financial Advisors. For over 125 years, they have provided advice for client unique goals, helped millions of Americans retire on their terms. As an Ameriprise Financial Advisor, Tom Bryan remains true to the vision of always putting clients first. Now, a lot of people are rightfully frightened by this whole crypto situation. So why not take advantage of a free consultation with Tom Bryan today? Call his office located at 400 Massoyed Avenue in East Providence, 401-434-1510. 401-434-1510. Tom Bryan with Ameriprise Financial Advisors. Put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for you. Personal one-on-one relationship. He will work with you to develop a financial plan, track progress towards your goals. It's Ameriprise Financial Advisors. You know, if some of the people that now have lost fortunes with crypto or or different questions you may have, why not go to an expert? You know, if, if you have a medical problem, do you talk to the guy at work and get his advice on what you should do? Or maybe talk to your brother in law who's not even a doctor? No, you would. You'd go to see a qualified doctor. Well, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, that's what, as I say, Tom Bryan is. I call him, he's like the Belichick of his field. Prepared, you know, even level key tone. Every person has different financial goals. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, free consultation. 401-434-1510, 401-434-1510, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, and it's Tom Bryan. Folks, this portion of the program, and again, check dipetro.com. Uh, we have a lot of information up, and it's brought to you by the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Folks, lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. There's a good crowd, delicious food. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. So I also want to bring you the latest now. So Rob... Mac 
Rob McClanahan, as we posted on the website to Petro.com, the judge did grant him bail. The judge did grant him bail in this uh, Boston case. So it just happened this morning. Now, he actually lucked out a little bit because there's so much attention, and I completely understand it, on the individual that crashes car through the Apple store. And it's, you know, horrific with with what happened um, with that. So, but right now, let me, um, I just want to see if, okay. Well, here's what we know about the Rob Mackey. So he, I believe he, they brought him up to Boston either last night or they brought him up here. They brought him up to Boston um, this morning. And... Let's see. Um, Oh, okay. Uh, Natalie Norrie of ABC6, she put out the following information so far. Folks, and believe me, I I looked into going, but I have a busy day. If I was going to go to the Boston Boston Courthouse, it's, it's way in downtown Boston. Those of you who know it, it's over almost near the Garden which is the farthest northern part, and it, it really would have thrown off the entire day. All right, according to details set in court, after, um, hold on, oh boy, here we go. So this is new. Oh, wow. According to details set in court, after search of his East Greenwich, Warwick home. I can't determine whether the guy lives in East Greenwich or Warwick. I think he lives in Warwick. Police found women's underwear as well as items for bondage in his home. Now, what we also learned, so they got a search warrant for the house. Now, that's the first time we've heard that. Um, Let me see what else. She had some. That's, That's new information. Now, there's. An interview with the Suffolk County District Attorney. He's talking right now. D.A. Hayden tells the media, when I first heard this is the case of of its kind in Suffolk County, I was surprised. Now, I also want to put, she had more details. And I'm not sure why now I'm not seeing it. But, all right, so that's the first we've heard that they were able to get a search warrant and they have things from his home. All right, the judge ordered him out on $30,000 bail, no contact order, remain in the state of Rhode Island while the case is pending. Court details say the victim of the alleged rape was a woman who had met him on a dating app prior to meeting for drinks at a Boston hotel bar November 3rd. They went to her room where she blacked out, waking up the next morning, bruises and blood in her lower body. I want to repeat that. Court details say the victim of the alleged rape was a woman who had met him on a dating app prior to meeting. So they met on a dating app. Now, we don't know which one, but he did have a profile on Bumble that someone had sent me, and it's posted on the website, dpetro.com. That is interesting. They found women's underwear as well as items for bondage in his home. Boy, this sounds like the case against him 
it sounds like it's getting stronger the more details that we're getting. And again, I want to give her credit. Natalie Nori of ABC6. He is, though, out $30,000 bail. I did uh, make efforts to reach out to one of his friends. And then as people, if you've been following the case, I'm hearing from... um, I also, I really want to repeat... This is the actions of the Suffolk DA. This is the Boston police. And and let's be really clear about this, because some people, I think, seem to have a um, misunderstanding of, as someone had, one of his friends sent to me, what happened to the presumption of innocence? Well, in, under the court of law, he is, in fact, um, he is presumed to be innocent. But it, it doesn't mean, as they're leaking details, no one, uh, that people can't come to their, their own conclusions. Hmm. I don't know about that. Search of his home. Police found bondage. All right. Well, the guy was definitely into bondage. That much is true. That, that part can't be denied. Um. And different hearings. And various hearings. I mean, he will be back in court. Yes. Hmm. Well, this is not a low-profile case. We know that. But again, if you... Um, right now, folks, it's 1231. So that's the first we've heard about the what they found at his home. It's just... The documents, there seems to be... It, there were, I don't, I don't want to get lost in the details of this, but there, there are people who live in Warwick, but they say they live in East Greenwich. And he, his address is listed as, um, his address is listed at Quaker Lane, and Quaker Lane is in Warwick, but it's on the Warwick East Greenwich line, wherever that may be, wherever that they were able to uh, obtain a search warrant for the home and then found those things. But he is, I mean, that is the big news, is Rob Mack, the judge said he is on $30,000 bail, no contact with the victim, and no contact with the victim, and he's to remain in Rhode Island. So for those, and I, I fully get some people like, who is this person? But there's other people that certainly know who the individual is. But if you check petro.com I mean, we have the story, Rob Mack out on bail, met her on a dating app. First one to put that. I have no idea if it was Bumble, but he definitely was on Bumble, which is a dating app. I think the watch element is really interesting. You can see that as well. He always has this uh, very distinct Rolex. And the victim claims when when he sent her a picture, she claims now, that's her claim, that the picture he sent her where she was in bondage, that the arm of the person, you can see his arm and he's wearing the same watch. So I think that's interesting. I would think that his Instagram page will come down now. Now that he is free. I'll check in just a moment. And then you can see some of the other stories. And then we also have now these are public record with the court documents. Public record that they published that have exactly what the encounter was in the police statement according to the victim. And as I have stated, now I have also heard one 
a female that I know was contacted by a law firm, and they claim that they have a number of people, women, excuse me, who are ready to come forward and testify. I'm just curious, I because I had some a friend of his said that he runs his Instagram page, and if he's locked up, he doesn't have access to the Instagram page. Nope, it's still up. <laughs> May want to take that down, but maybe I look. I fully get that maybe not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think we at twelve thirty four. I think we stumbled into a filming the victim. I think she she may have been in Warwick yesterday. Now I don't show her face. I saw her. I was in the courtroom yesterday for Rob McClanahan. He he had to be waive extradition to then be sent back to Boston, which he did. There was uh, a female of color that was in the courtroom and then moved right into the front row. And you can see her, some people that have seen it, look at it and they say based on her body language. Now, again, I, I would recognize her if I saw her, but I don't identify her in any way. And unless this thing went to trial or somehow you know, she wanted to speak, Obviously, she is without question um, protected, without question protected, meaning her identity, as it should be. But a number of people believe that could have been the Boston victim in the in the courtroom yesterday. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show, it's brought to you by AtMed Urgent Care. AtMed Urgent Care. Now, listen, we've all heard. The problems going on right now with emergency rooms, even to that press conference of the Rhode Island Department of Health, of which Governor McKee is in charge of, of saying, you know, basically telling people not to go to the emergency room unless you're near death. And a lot of the people that go to the emergency room, it's it's an emergency. It doesn't mean that they're near death. That's where AtMed Urgent Care comes in. I would uh, implore you to instead go to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations. If you have an emergency, take yourself or that person at Med Urgent Care located 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnson, right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also at Med Urgent Care 5750 Post Road East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. They specialize in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment services, immunization, uh, wide-ranging, cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, adult vaccinations, AtMed Urgent Care. They also offer mononuclear antibody infusions. I'm hearing a number of people that have COVID right now. AtMed Urgent Care. Johnson location, East Greenwich location, they're open seven days a week. They have doctors and nurses at med urgent care go there and when i've gone i have visited both locations they saw me in under an hour under an hour at med urgent care well folks right now it is 12 37 you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 and 99.9 fm let's oh okay now this is the first i'm hearing of this um 
was not told of that. That's interesting. Hmm. All right. At 1237, um, I want to bring everybody up to speed on all the news of the day. The big news out of Boston is that horrific crash at the Apple store. I mean, that the, the, the man driver in deadly crash held on bail. Now, he's saying that it was just an accident and he, his foot got stuck on the gas pedal. But 53 years old, Bradley Rain, reckless homicide by motor vehicle. He claims his right foot was stuck on the gas pedal, couldn't stop the, the car from crashing. He's being held $100,000 cash bail due back in court. More than a dozen ambulances. That was uh, yesterday morning, 1045. So 19 people were taken to the hospital. Several of the victims have life or limb-threatening injuries and one killed. So that story, obviously, and rightfully so, has dominated. And as frightening as... Oh, now I see it on the Channel 12 website. Um... Oh, I'm sure there'll be some very pleasant comments about that when they post it on Facebook from many of my different types of fans. Um, always nice when people then can. But that Apple store, that is frightening. I mean, it, it wasn't, we have no reason to believe it was like, it was a act of terror, but it's pretty close. And I'm not sure what what would be the difference of something like that. What, what is to, how is that not almost an, an act of, of terror in, in some ways? So, folks, do you, do you notice that just seem to be, people just seem so off right now. Man ordered held $100,000 bail in the fatal Apple Store crash in Hingham. Let's see. We have that. Oh, okay. Who was that? All right. The Boston Globe. NBA trainer charged with rape and drugging a victim released on bond. Oh, here we go. Rob Mack. Boom, boom, boom. Brief hearing. Relief. Oh, brief hearing in Boston. $30,000 bond. He must wear a GPS monitoring bracelet. Surrendered his passport and remain in Rhode Island pending the outcome of the case. Except for meeting with his lawyer or attend court dates in Boston. He was also ordered to stay away from the victim. Monday, blah, blah, blah. Um, we're, well, I mean, there's the, the details are out there for those that want it. Okay, so they're not getting into any more details of which we, we already know. Um, I, I'm On the national front, I'm, I'm just amazed that Commerce Secretary Raimondo is able to, you know, comes into Rhode Island and is treated like a conquering hero when uh, her and Marty Walsh, I mean, I think, I think the Biden administration is, it's just a a complete disaster of what's going on right now. And where people are really noticing is when they're going to People are going to the grocery store and how much it's truly costing now as far as Thanksgiving dinner. 
and exactly everything that that is costing. And um, really, really extraordinary. I want to just check the latest with, um, let's see. Let me just check, folks, at 1241. And I want to just see if there's any other updates on that. I don't see anything. Nope. Well, we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and get more details on that. But the, the whole business of Ramundo and Marty Walsh, and am I missing something? I mean, why do people think that, do people really think that, uh, people really think that they're doing this fabulous job? I don't, um, I don't, I, I don't know what to make of that. Are, are we living in like, based on what is she doing? A is Ramundo in the Biden administration? Are they doing a fantastic job? I don't get that. You know what else is a joke? Is the fact that the they have a press conference this morning? You know, drive sober or get pulled over and blah 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 with the holiday folks. This administration. Drunk driving has absolutely rocketed under Governor McKee, but it gets no coverage. And as I have said in the past, and right now it's 1243 on this Tuesday, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Ashley Kalis, I, I don't have an answer why she didn't think that was a good issue for the campaign. And I don't understand equally why people don't bring up the fact that under this administration that they they haven't introduced anything to try to cut into drunk driving. They just now again, I wasn't there, but the media, they just go to this press conference and and there's all the. The different individuals that are there, and it's the DOT, and and uh, let's just remember to people when you're having a good time, and uh, everybody should enjoy themselves, and blah blah blah, and they talk about the danger on the roads, but I, I don't understand why. I mean, if I were there, I'd say, oh, oh, why do you guys really care about safety on the roads? Like, since when? What legislation was introduced that showed there was any concern? For people on the roads or this whole business of, you know, they think they're so clever. I, 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 I don't, I actually don't like the, oh, just a reminder together, joining together for the traffic safety is a team sport. Courage Rhode Islanders drive safely and urging folks to drive sober. What, what good is that? You don't introduce any, any legislation to try to cut down on drunk driving. And I mean zero. They are perfectly content where the state is. And as I've said in the past, these organizations that that just go along with it, at, at no point this past spring did you hear of any effort from either legislators or Governor McKee or anyone to say, hey, we need to toughen up our drunk driving laws. What, what did they move towards? Happy hour. 
Connecticut, as I've said, folks, and good afternoon at 1245, Connecticut is one of the top 10 toughest states on drunk driving. Rhode Island is back towards the end of the pack. We're in the bottom third. So all Rhode Island officials would have to do is just mirror the laws that they have in Connecticut, and we would be in the top 10. The roads, it's not your imagination they're dangerous. I notice again, you know, the state police put out a statement over the weekend that three trooper cars, someone crashed into three different state police cars. Well, what about us? If people are crashing, drunks are crashing into state police cars, what, what does that mean about what's happening to regular, the regular public? You had the Matt Dennison case, that 18-year-old West Warwick hockey player. Anniversary of that is coming up in February. New Year's Day will be the Olivia Passaretti one-year anniversary. At no point do they move that state house. Have you ever seen a larger group of just completely disingenuous and irresponsible individuals than the so-called leaders at the state level? It, it is beyond appalling. And they just ignore it. They don't even try to uh, push any change through. Nothing. No, they don't even talk about it. And, and I'm not saying, I want to be really clear. I mean, when I say, I just think, when I say Ashley Kalis didn't include her in her campaign, she could easily say, hey, listen, it's not my job to make a campaign about that. I just think, I believe that's an area where, that they have really failed. That Governor McKee taking all these bows and he wants to do the tree lighting and blah, blah, blah. But they don't, what do they do to protect us on the roads? Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show on this Tuesday. Hey, it's brought to you by Falcon Pest Services. Residential services, commercial services, Falcon Pest Services, Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call today, free consultation, 401-739-1322. Now, I recognize this time of year, you know, at certain times of the year, a lot of pests come out. Other times of the year, different pests come out. This time of year with the cold, people start getting a lot of mice. I actually know of someone that found a rat in their basement. It wasn't because of them. It was because of one of their people that they live near. Um, Whether it's termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats, many other pests. Different types of homes from multifamily housing, condos, apartments, single family homes. Extermination service for restaurants, office buildings, schools, hotels, and other commercial businesses. It's Falcon Pest Services, 401-739-1322, 401-739-1322 for Falcon Pest Services. Call today for a free consultation. You can also find them online at Falcon, falconpestservice.com. Think of the, the Falcon coming in and swooping in. Falcon Pest Service, Falcon Pest Control, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, and you can find them on Facebook. Well, folks, it's 1249. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, repeating the, I think, uh, the big story is that's very frightening what happened with the drivers being held that crashed into that Apple store. $100,000 bail. 
He's saying that his uh, foot got stuck on the gas pedal. I'm, I'm unaware of that. I haven't heard of anything like that. There was some, his attorney was trying to say it was just completely accidental. But th- this is one of those situations where you just wonder what, what would be the difference between some nutcase that says, I want to, you know, go and commit an act of terror and just ram the car into uh, a group of people like the the Santa Claus parade situation or think of all the talk of, of gun safety and gun laws and then you have this the driver arrested charged for crashing in his SUV blue he he was not under the influence killing one injuring 20 told police his foot got stuck on the accelerator and he was not under the influence I just I don't no, I know people were saying, how fast would you have to be going in order to, for that to happen? So he's a 53-year-old man, Bradley Rain. He was arraigned uh, Plymouth County, barreled into the Apple store, killing one, injuring 19. And he and his attorney are insisting that it was nothing more than an accident. Charged with motor vehicle homicide, reckless operation. Claimed to investigate as his right foot became stuck on the accelerator. Tried to use his left foot to brake. He stated he pulled away from his parking spot and drove through the parking lot looking for a second eyeglass store. While driving in the area of Barnes & Noble, he stated his right foot became stuck on the accelerator and his vehicle accelerated. He stated he used his left foot to try to brake, but was unable to stop the vehicle, and the vehicle crashed through the front of the Apple store. He stated everything happened fast. Stated his foot got stuck on the accelerator once in the past while driving on the highway. At the time of the crash, he was wearing Brooks running sneakers. That is the first I've heard that because of running sneakers would cause your foot to get stuck on the gas pedal. Told police he drove to the Derby Street shops in Hingham to replace a lens in his eyeglasses. Said in the interview his foot got stuck on the accelerator. He was unable to stop when he crashed in the Apple store. But killed the construction worker. I don't, it's so bizarre the story. He he is not under any influence. And, okay, the suspect, previous arrest in Vermont. Uh, Channel 5 investigates report. He was taken into custody, cited for DUI in 2020. But he was not under the influence. I don't know what to make of other than that is just horrific as we're coming up on Black Friday here. So, and then you have something like that. Folks, again, at 12.53, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, we will be on the air tomorrow, and then Thursday is Thanksgiving. But, and, and I also don't understand, for instance, right now, I believe there are a number of people that are trying to camp out around the Rhode Island State House. I... There's becoming a larger population of people who choose to 
live outside in the summer and warm months. They don't want a, an apartment. They don't want to pay for an apartment. Or they, I should say that. They just don't want to pay rent. And so now the wintertime comes and the state seemingly is then on the hook to find them a place to live for the winter. That's what we're really talking about. Um, and I recognize Rhode Island is behind Raimondo's $45 billion broadband program. Hey, I, I'm in favor of anything like that. Here it is. Homeless Rhode Islanders and advocates rally outside Governor McKee's office calling for more shelter space. I, I, I have a problem with the, the term homeless. They're people who choose not to pay rent. Surrounded by, this is uh, the Boston Globe. Surrounded by people bundled in multiple layers outside the governor's office. They said she knows exactly what those sleeping in the cold are going through. And then they, they always find the person was homeless, addicted to drugs for a decade, blah, blah, blah. Now she's on a fixed income. State has all this money. Why is it that people uh, on Monday, dozens of advocates homeless, they march to Governor McKee's closed office door pleading with him and the state housing secretary to add 500 additional shelter beds this winter in front of TV station cameras and others. Madison, turn and face the crowd. If anyone there chose to be homeless, they responded with no. You know, that's the wrong question. See, do you choose to be homeless? No, they choose not to work and be able to pay rent. They want free housing. I, I, I believe that's how they should be described. Those that request free housing. But that's not the way the media picks it up. Two dozen homeless individuals have been sleeping outside the State House Plaza for weeks. In late September, the McKee administration distributed the money for the additional shelter beds, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's going to be more. They are, with the help of the media, they are just intent on increasing social services to there's more and more people that are completely reliant on the state and on government services. And what they're, what they're really demanding is they want us, me and you, to pay for it. This business that they're homeless, oh, do you people choose to be, no, I don't want to, I want a place to live. But they don't work and they don't want to pay rent. That's really what's going on, right, with this whole thing. That's really what's going on. It's not so much, they can, they're described as, quote, homeless, homeless advocates, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't work, then you won't have money. And you won't be able to pay rent. Seemingly as simple as that. So, but to always be, and you know, and there they are sleeping outside the state house. Most people would not be allowed to do that, as I've talked about in the past. Why are they allowed to do that? Why are they allowed to do that? Homeless Rhode Islanders sleeping in the tents outside the state house. In the past, they wouldn't have allowed it. Why is that allowed? As I've said in the past, what if, in fact, some individuals, I'm just going to say, you know, what if some Republicans or Trump supporters wanted to camp out there for some form of a protest? They'd be they'd be told they have to move. They'd be told they have to move. 
Let me see this. Um, homelessness at the rally. The governor promised shelter people. Uh, who's oh, Mike Rea is part of. Why is Mike Rea part of? Oh, is he now work? Who's he working for? He worked for. Um, oh, at Monday's rally, Chris Rea, a spokesperson for Rhode Island Housing. In the coming days, the state expects to release funding for additional beds. Total number of new, new beds, 380. Let's see. Rhea sent a statement alleging the people living in tents in front of the state house had declined opportunities to move to alternative shelter resources. They don't want to live in a shelter. There's rules in a shelter. You can't have drugs in a shelter. You can't have booze in a shelter. You can't have a weapon in a shelter. They don't want, that is true. They don't want a shelter. They want free housing is what they want. They want free housing. At Monday's rally, many of the people told they were never offered shelter space. In an interview, they said the statement was inartfully phrased and does not reflect the situation by with anyone who's camping out. They street uh, called the Monday that street outreach teams have visited the encampment for the last six to eight weeks. But see, they are... I don't think he was wrong. I don't think he was wrong with that. Now, folks, at 12.59, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, coming up, we're going to get a news update at 1 o'clock. For uh, next hour is radio only. You can listen AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. I will be doing Facebook Live later. But we're going to get a news update at 1 o'clock, bring you up to speed. Still a lot more to go. Much sound next hour as well. And again, repeating, folks, our big story, the case was dismissed against the chosen one. So we're going to be back on the other side after, leave it right here, after. WNRI Winsocket, W260DC. WNRI.